New Orleans Saints OTAs were all about the new faces, but now the veterans are set to make their appearance at minicamps. What you need to know and what you need to be watching out for this week, we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make it Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me every day over at USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL. And here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And it is my great pleasure to be here with you ahead of minicamps. As minicamps get started today, June 14th, they'll go the 14th, 15th, and 16th with one of those dates open for uh, to the public. So what is it that you're going to be watching out for? We'll break all of that down so that you know what to look for during training camp, or excuse me, during minicamps. We'll also talk a little bit about Joe Schobert as well as David Johnson, the veteran running back, making a visit, what that means to the New Orleans Saints, why they would be good fits. And we'll wrap up with a quick look at Will Lutz, who was officially medically cleared, and why Deontay Hardy may be looking for a new contract but does not plan to hold out, will be present for minicamp, what that means to the team. We'll break all of that down. But I want to start off with minicamp and what you need to know, what you should be watching out for. And the big thing is going to be, first of all, who's in attendance. That's going to be one of the biggest pieces because Dennis Allen, New Orleans Saints now head coach, said after having several veterans not present during OTAs, which was not a surprise for the team, that they expect full attendance at minicamp. That does not mean full participation, of course, as some players are still rehabbing, going through recovery, things like that. Taysom Hill, Michael Thomas, Landon Young, just to name a few. But you will expect to see or have present every New Orleans Saints player, which would be fantastic for this team. There are a lot of question marks around maybe Dennis Allen not getting the respect that he needs as a head coach and all this other stuff when really like teams have been preparing, players have been preparing for the last two years without OTAs. So why waste time going to OTAs when you're accustomed to preparing away from the team? That was probably more like what it was or in Jarvis Landry's case, for instance, he missed the first week of OTAs because he was at his five-year-old daughter's kindergarten, excuse me, preschool graduation. So that gives him an opportunity to be there for his family, right? Like some people just have reasons and that's okay. The next piece is going to be uh, you know, the, the population of players that are present, including the veterans. Now you get to see not only Jameis Winston getting in some work with the young guys, but you see, get to see him getting in some work with the veterans as well as against some of the veterans as well. So him throwing against Marshawn Lattimore, very different than him, Andy Dalton and Ian Book. I don't want to just single out Jameis Winston here throwing against, let's say, Vincent Gray and Dylan Mabin, right? But the reason why we do start to sing a lot of James Winston is because he's your starter. He's your starting quarterback. So now you get to the iron sharpens iron category of work during the offseason. And you get three days of it, then you have kind of this you know month-long hiatus before we get to training camp, which I would expect to probably kick off somewhere around July 28th last year. It was Thursday, July 29th was the first day of training camp. So Thursday, the last Thursday of the month this year is going to be the 29th, 28th. They may start a little bit early with a new head coach. There's a bunch of different ways that that can go. But now you get to see Jameis working with those vets, Jameis working against those veterans. You get to see him and Alvin Kamara getting some work in together. Remember, 
Jameis Winston over the course of the offseason because he has been rehabbing the ACL injury. He hasn't been able to just let it fly 50, 60 yards downfield all offseason. He's getting there. He's been cleared to, to get back to uh, deep passing. But before that, he was working with quarterback coaches and he was working with you know the people around him in his system and in his circle on passes behind the line of scrimmage, five yards downfield, 10 yards downfield, staying within sort of that Alvin Kamara check down range. So you get an early look at that during minicamp as well. You're also going to get to see some of the rookies match up with vets. And the one the, 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 the two pairings that I think are super cool that I'm most looking forward to are Chris Olave against Marshawn Lattimore. You get the Buckeye connection there. But you also get Alante Taylor versus Jarvis Landry, Paulson Adebo versus Jarvis Landry. So you get sort of these young players in Chris Olave, uh, Paulson Adebo, and, Jar- and uh, excuse me, Alante Taylor matching up with veterans directly opposite them in Jarvis Landry and Marshawn Lattimore and Tyron Matthew in that part of that secondary as well. So there's all of those pieces in terms of helping to develop that young talent by having to go up against veterans. And then eventually you also get to see Marshawn Lattimore and Jarvis Landry go up against one another too. So you get the veteran presence and the veteran competition there until Michael Thomas is expected to be back for training camp. So even with Michael Thomas not participating in minicamp, the drop in experience and um, and talent at wide receiver isn't so deep that you're worried about these three days kind of going to waste for veteran defensive backs. And speaking of veteran defensive backs, you now also get the opportunity to see how Tyron Matthew not only operates as a leader for the young guys, which we've seen a lot during OTAs, but how does he operate as a leader with some of the more experienced players next to him? What does he look like with more Marcus May? Because we didn't really get to see that until the third session of OTAs. Now you get to see that a little bit during minicamp. What's the 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 camaraderie between Tyron Matthew and CJ Gardner-Johnson, who may be present, may not be present. He's another one of those players that's also looking for a long-term deal. We'll see if he shows up. One player we know for sure will be there, Deontay Hardy, and we're going to be talking about him here in just a second. But we also have, you know, what's the dynamic between Tyron Matthew and Marshawn Lattimore? Like these are all sure to be positive dynamics, but now you get to kind of see it in action and see the veterans working with the veterans. Uh, Another rookie veteran sort of battle to watch is going to be Trevor Penning going up against Cam Jordan and Tano Passigno and Marcus Davenport. So you get to kind of see how quickly that uh, development for Trevor Penning may be setting in. I don't know if you're going to see Marcus Davenport. I know he's been doing some rehab along with uh, Peyton Turner, but even still, you get the opportunity to see him and Cam Jordan, for instance. That's really, really good. And you gather a lot of information there. Even just seeing Cam Jordan and Ryan Ramchek go up against one another, you get an idea of how Cam Jordan's doing at this point, And you also get an idea of how Ryan Ramchick is recovering from his injury. Finally, just want to go back and highlight that safety play. What, where, where do those safeties line up, right? Like what all do the New Orleans Saints do with Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, PJ Williams, CJ Gardner Johnson? What are all the different ways that you see them? What are all the different ways that you see the linebackers line up, the different combinations of linebackers? We know, we know the New Orleans Saints, they're going to move the linebackers around. You're going to see this one playing in the middle, this one playing on the strong side, this one playing on the weak side, and then all of them sub out and then another three sub in and then they all move around. They're going to do a whole bunch of different stuff. So just getting kind of the looks at what those rotations look like, all the different places that people get snaps. And then the last one that I'm going to mention, who's fielding the kicks? We know that Will Lutz is uh, cleared fully medically. We know uh, that you know Blake Gillikin's kind of dealing with a little bit of stuff, but they have Daniel Whelan still. So who's fielding the kicks? Does Rashid Shahid get an opportunity to get out on the field? He's been dealing with an injury as well. Does he get an opportunity to be out there? We know Deontay Hardy is going to be present. It sounds like. So is he the one that's going to be getting all of those snaps? That'll be a lot of fun to watch as well. 
Coming up next, though, we're going to talk about a couple of visits, and this is going to be the other piece of minicamps. Are there any numbers that maybe we don't recognize right off the bat? Are other players getting tryouts and visits? Two visits over the course of the last seven days, linebacker Joe Sherbert uh, and running back David Johnson. Linebacker, running back, very popular looks for the New Orleans Saints every single offseason. But these guys actually have a chance to get signed and get some playing time in 2022 as well. We'll talk about why they're fit, and we'll break it all down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I'm going to tell you about our friends over at BlueNile.com. Yes, the place that is going to make sure that you can celebrate all of life's special moments, whether you're creating a custom engagement ring for the person of your dreams, or maybe you're looking for a classic, timeless jewelry piece to celebrate and mark those other very important occasions as well, anniversaries, uh, birthdays, uh, Mother's Day, Father's Like There's so many other pieces and, and things that you can look at too from their everyday jewelry collections that are awesome and that you're going to find at prices that are you're not going to find at the traditional jeweler. And best of all, in the midst of all that, you also have 24-7 jewelry experts on hand all the time at BlueNile.com just in case you need some help. So make those moments sparkle over at BlueNile.com. Locked on sports list as you're going to get $50 off of any purchases above $500, $500 or more. This podcast exclusive also includes engagement. So head over there today. Use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On plus Every order is insured, it ships direct, and it's in discreet packaging, so it won't give away the surprise that's inside. Shop stress-free, find your forever piece by visiting BlueNile.com today. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks so much as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out that NBA mock draft. Nobody does it. Nobody does it like the Locked on Podcast Network. You can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2022 wherever you get your podcast. You can also check out the Locked on NBA podcast as well. We've got Ryan McDonough. He's a part of this thing. We've got Brian Scalabrini. We've got one of the best and all of the best draft experts across the NBA, Raphael Barlow and more. Go and check it out wherever you get your podcast. All right, so the New Orleans Saints had a visit last week from a veteran linebacker, but it wasn't Quan Alexander. Not that Quan Alexander would have to come in for a visit, but when we talk about the linebacker spot for the New Orleans Saints, there's a little bit of concern there in terms of what's after the starters, Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Well, you have some unproven talent, right? You have a guy like Demarco Jackson who's highly athletic extremely good, very good leadership, good sideline to sideline speed, but how does he transition to the NFL as a rookie? You've got Pete Werner who, or excuse me, no, not Pete Werner. You've got Zach Bond who really just feels like he hasn't really found his place in this defense just yet, or the defense hasn't found a way to utilize him to the best of his ability just yet. Caden Ellis, great strong uh, side linebacker, a little bit more of a special teamer at this point in his career, but he could be a special teams captain by the time that this season gets underway. Eric Wilson in the building, Andrew Dowell in the building, a couple of other guys, some undrafted free agents also in the building, Isaiah Pryor, Nephi Sewell. There's a lot of opportunity there for some of those names to maybe rise to the top, but getting a veteran in that group behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner would be a very, very smart choice. And so the New Orleans Saints looking at Joe Schobert, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, just like Demario Davis, formerly of also the Jacksonville Jaguars and last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be a fantastic fit for this New Orleans Saints defense because the one thing that the Saints kind of lack over on the second level, unless maybe a guy like DeMarco Jackson is able to infuse this into their defense, is playmaking ability. We've seen a little bit from Caden Ellis. Remember Caden Ellis and his pass rush? I mean, he was able to force a couple of 
errant throws. You remember the one from Mac Jones that ended up becoming a pick six by Malcolm Jenkins last year. Uh, but the six foot one, 240 pound Joe Schobert, who's a one time Pro Bowler from back in 2017, is a, is a playmaker. I mean, he is a guy that does a lot of things well in coverage. He closes uh, on receivers very, very well. He's extremely aggressive. He goes after the ball, he tries to make plays on it. And if you end up getting a catch on him, he's going to be there to tackle you. Like he does not miss tackles. He punches the ball out when he gets the opportunity as well. Let's look at Joe Schobert's tackling numbers from the past five years. Uh, 2021, 120, 112 tackles, second on his team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. 2020, 141, fourth in the NFL, first on his team. That was with the Jacksonville Jaguars at that time. 2019, 133 tackles. That was 10th in the NFL. 2018, 103. 2017, 144 tied for first in the NFL. So he uh, appeared in all but four possible games over the course of that five-year run there since 2017 and has just produced, produced, and produced. Um, just to kind of put that into perspective, 2021, the Saints tackling leader was Demario Davis with 105. 2020, Saints tackling leader was Demario Davis, 119. You're going to see a theme here. 2018, no, 2019, Demario Davis, 111. 2018, Demario Davis, 110. And then 2017, Von Bell, only 83. Uh, and he was the leading tackler on that defense. Now, some of this has to do with scheme, right? Not a lot gets through, particularly in the run game, uh, through the Saints defensive line since 2017. So the linebackers at the second level, they aren't being reached to make those tackles in some cases, right? But you're still seeing a lot of, um, you know, 100 plus tackle numbers from Demario Davis over the course of the past couple of years. So why not add another potential 100 tackle talent, right? He might not be on the field enough to get 100 tackles in a New Orleans Saints defense, but if he's somebody that can provide you that kind of talent, then you absolutely take it. The last time that the Saints had two players with 100 plus tackles on defense was 2015. Stephon Anthony with 112, one tweezy, as I like to say, and um, shout out Peaches and Cream, uh, Kenny Vaccaro with 104. Now, again, I don't think that if you sign Joe Schobert that he ends up becoming your starter. I don't think that he leaps Pete Werner by any means, but he would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints and certainly would give them some very, very experienced depth and maybe inject a little bit of playmaking in addition to all of this tackling prowess and acuity that he already brings. So just something to keep an eye out on. The other piece to keep an eye out on is that maybe the New Orleans Saints aren't really that interested in Joe Schobert, but they need Quan Alexander and his uh, representation to step on it and maybe accept an offer that's possibly already on the table. We don't know. We don't know. So we'll see. Now, the New Orleans Saints, every offseason, they get a look at a bunch of linebackers, but they also take the time to get a look at a bunch of running backs usually too. Think back to last year when they brought in guys like Devontae Freeman and in the past, Mike Gillisley, um, uh, uh, Josh Kelly, you've also seen Shane Vereen in the past. Well, now the New Orleans Saints bring in David Johnson, who was for a season or two, like the best running back in the NFL and certainly is not that player now, former Arizona Cardinal at that time, more recently former uh, Houston Texan. But even with the Texans, he still showed you a little bit of the capabilities that he has, not only as a runner out of the backfield, but also as a pass catcher out of the backfield. In each of the last three seasons, which was his final season in Arizona, as well as his uh, last two seasons with the Houston Texans, over 30 receptions in each of those years, over 40 targets in each of those years, averaging right around over the course of those four, over the course of those three seasons, right around like eight and a half, nine yards per catch, four touchdowns in 2019, two in 2021 last year. He only had 67 rushes for 200 and 28 
rushing yards in 2021, but you saw what he was able to continue to do as a receiver. So I think that his ability to be able to catch out of the backfield, run out of the backfield, be that guy that if you needed somebody in place of Alvin Kamara for a little while, whether it be for suspension or otherwise, that lines up and gets going along with Mark Ingram, David Johnson could be a really, really good option for you. Now that guys like Sony Michelle, who was a natural fit, Daryl Williams, who was a natural fit, uh, Philip Lindsay, who was a natural fit, those guys now off the board kind of have to go to a bit more of a veteran look at this point when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the running backs that are left. There are some guys that are familiar, like Devontae Freeman, like Latavius Murray, but I think David Johnson could be a pretty good one if he can show you that he is still up to par in terms of health. Right, he's dealt with a lot of injury history over the injury histories over the course of the uh, past couple of seasons. So he could be somebody there. But look, it doesn't have to be a one for one situation, right? Like. Mark Ingram isn't going to all of a sudden become the bell cow back for you. He's probably going to get maybe, let's say, 60% of snaps if Alvin Kamara isn't available for some number of games throughout those games. But then you need to have a stable of running backs behind him in guys like Tony Jones Jr., potentially Abram Smith, potentially uh, Dwayne Washington, and maybe now even potentially another veteran like David Johnson who can get 10 to 40% of snaps in any given game to help keep everything kind of divvied up and keep that running back by committee thing going. No no one running back is going to have a ton of pressure on them in place of Alvin Kamara. And that's a smart thing to do if you're the New Orleans Saints organization. So great to see them continue to look at options that can help them maybe fill in some of the gaps that they might have without Alvin Kamara if he is indeed unavailable uh, for any portion of this 2022 NFL season, which we'll get greater clarity of come August. Okay, coming up next, Alvin Kamara, you, you you don't have him for some games. There's ways to game plan around. You have still some talent in your backfield. But one of the things that New Orleans just could not get over last year was the loss of Will Lutz. Four different kickers last year, tons of misses, tons of single digit, less than a field goal decided games in terms of points. Now Will Lutz is cleared. We'll talk about why that's important for the New Orleans Saints. And we'll break down what it means that Deontay Hardy is looking for a long-term extension, but Still willing to show up for minicamp. We got all that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. First, I'm going to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, the number one source for all of your sports wagering information. Steph Curry, the, uh, the, the Golden State Warriors, they play their next game tonight. I'm recording Monday night. So depending upon what they look like by the time that you hear this, you might be ready to set with them. You might be ready to settle with the Boston Celtics. However, it's going across the NBA finals. You can go ahead and put some money down, get in on the action over at Bet Online. You can also check out a bunch of futures when it comes to the NFL, including end of year awards like rookie of the year awards on offense and defense. Chris Olave high up there in terms of offensive rookie of the year awards, win total, so on and so forth. Esports, um, UFC, MMA, boxing, baseball, whatever it is that you're looking for, BetOnline has you covered our official online betting partners here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go and check them out at BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's get it, Huda Nation Rabbit. Up today's episode of Locked on Saints with big news around a very important player for the New Orleans Saints organization and team. Somebody that Saints fans missed sorely in 2021. Kicker Will Lutz medically cleared. He announced it on Instagram. He is fully cleared and able to get back to football activity. So that's huge for the Saints, especially as, they, as they're just like turning the corner, getting into minicamp today. 
going in for the next couple of days there through Thursday. So that's really, really big news for the New Orleans Saints. And if you're wondering why I'm like so hype about a kicker being back for a team, um, here's why. You look at last year's schedule, and there are a couple of the games that jump out to you pretty, uh, pretty obviously that the Saints could have won maybe if they had Will Lutz. Like Will Lutz would have made all the difference. And some of these are really hard to argue with, two in particular. But the Saints finished last year with a 9-8 and eight record. Let's look back at the New York Giants game. The New York Giants game where the Saints actually had a lead for a little while and then kind of blew it a little bit and you know gave up some late big plays to Saquon Barkley and John Ross and um, uh, uh, um, um, oh my gosh, Kadarius Toney. He was one of my favorite wide receivers coming out of the, uh, the draft that year. And so you see all of that happen. And, and a big part of the reason why that happened was because momentum just kind of died down for the New Orleans Saints. They went to kick a field goal over on the other side. I believe it was Aldrich Rosas at this point. And, you know, they were kicking to that south end. And that's always a challenge in that New Orleans, in, in that uh, uh, Caesar Superdome. And he missed it, right? He, he, he shanks it. And so after that, it was kind of like the momentum you just sort of felt die out. That was the first game that I covered from a press box uh, uh, was that game. And you could feel just the momentum sink out of the team, the momentum sink out of the, out of the stadium as well. And then everything else that happened after that. So that was one to where maybe like it's not so directly tied in, but it could have made all the difference to have Will Lutz there, maybe have a little bit more confidence at that point and just be in a better position to where you're not giving up bad field position off of a missed field goal indoors, indoors, right? So just, just something you, you hate to see. But then you look later on, week nine against the Atlanta Falcons, the, the two point loss, 25 to 27, missed field goals in that game. Right, not a good kicking game in that game period, actually. And so Will Lutz would have made all the difference there. You look at the Tennessee Titans game the very next week, week 10 in Tennessee, the Saints lost 21 to 23. What happened in that game? Two missed extra points. How much did the Saints lose by? Two points. What happened at the very end? They actually were in position to tie the game, but they had to go for two because your kickers missed the field goals. The Saints started four kickers last year. Now Will Lutz is back, and some of these things could still happen with Will Lutz. Like, let's not get overwhelmed here and think that it just makes everything perfect. But boy, howdy, <laughs> as they say in the Deep South, what a difference that would have made for those three games. And you win two of those three games, and all of a sudden, you're what, 11-6? and six? And you're a playoff team. No doubt a playoff team. You're not waiting for Matt Stafford to not throw an interception at the end of the game against a division rival that they should have beat. You're not in that situation. That's a playoff team. At that point. So it's so good to see Will Lutz uh, is going to be back for the New Orleans Saints. And that's a huge, huge get. That's a huge return for the New Orleans Saints. One of the biggest additions that they'll have coming back in 2022. I mentioned yesterday, if you get Peyton Turner back and he performs extremely well, that's a first round talent. You get Michael Thomas back, he gets back to 80% of what he was. That's still first round talent. You got Chris Olave, if he performs, you've got uh, Trevor Penning, if he wins the role at the at left tackle, that's four first round talents that you get back. Will Lutz, hard to call a kicker a first round talent, but day two talent, let's call it right. Like, would you give up a first round pick to have a guy that you feel like is going to nail ninety five percent of his field goals? Considering what some first round picks turn out to, at some point maybe you consider it. At some point maybe you consider it. So just a huge return, just like Michael Thomas is in terms of the importance. To not only winning games, but the importance to that team, that organization, and all of that as well.
All right. I want to wrap up with my two-minute take here. And this week, today's two-minute take is all about the concerns around Dennis Allen when it came down to OTAs and the veterans not being present. And I told you it wasn't a big deal. Early Monday morning, Jeff Duncan over at NOLA.com pointed out three players that are looking for long-term deals with the New Orleans Saints. Linebacker Demario Davis, uh, safety slash nickel corner CJ Gardner-Johnson, and wide receiver Deontay Hardy. One of those guys really stands out, and it's Deontay Hardy because he's really the only one that you can't extend and knock down his 2022 hit. You have to give him more money because he's on a first round, or excuse me, he's on a second round RFA tender, so his cap hits only like $1.7 million. So you can kind of knock that down a little bit to get it down to vet minimum, but after you add a signing bonus and all these other things, if you give him that long-term deal, it's going to end up costing you a little bit of money. Now, for Dennis Allen, a lot of people questioned when there weren't folks showing up at OTAs and things like that, whether or not he was leading the team. Deontay Hardy is somebody that's looking for a long-term deal and is not going to hold out a minicamp. He's going to show up. And I think that's a big deal. Now, of course, if he didn't show up, that's a 93.7 million, I'm sorry, $93.7,000 fine and everything. But still, regardless, he's showing up to training camp or to minicamp. What would be really interesting is if you see CJ Gardner-Johnson and Demario Davis show up as well. Because if all three of those guys who are in the midst of waiting for a long-term deal show up to minicamp, that tells you something about Dennis Allen. Two of those guys are defensive guys, CJ Gardner-Johnson and Demario Davis. Demario Davis is a vet, right? These guys know. They know, and they have the connection with, the, with Dennis Allen already. So getting the offensive guy there, that's big, especially the one that's on an RFA tender. Not somebody that's on the biggest year of his rookie deal or that's on, you know, the, you know, the, or that's in a penultimate year of a contract like Demario Davis. He's on an RFA tender. Deontay Hardy is and he's showing up. That means something. That means something. So I just want to shout out sort of that relationship amongst these players and this coach that even though there are some of these long term deals that they want to get worked out, that at least Deontay Hardy, as we know right now, is planning on reporting the minicamp. That's a big deal. Now, we'll see what happens with C.J. Garner-Johnson and Demario Davis, but if those two guys show up too, it tells you a lot about Dennis Allen and his ability as a leader. So we'll see what that contract looks like. We'll propose some contracts uh, as well later on if a contract doesn't get wrapped up, but we'll see. I mean, there's ways to get contracts with all three of these guys done that end up massively benefiting the New Orleans Saints to A, have those players around, but you also have the cap space to get it done and you can create some additional cap space with the right type of contract extension for Deon, uh, excuse me, Demario Davis and the right type of contract extension with a low first year for uh, CJ Garner Johnson. So they may also end up saving some money out of all this as well. All right, y'all coming up in tomorrow's episode, Amy Just. Amy Just is going to come through. We're going to chat about these New Orleans Saints. We're going to get her thoughts on these long-term extensions that are being asked about. We'll talk about some numbers, some digits, things like that. And then of course, we'll also say farewell to a dear friend who is heading to Nebraska. Uh, in Amy Jess, who will no longer be covering the New Orleans Saints. But I'm so grateful that she still gives me the time to come through on the show. So she'll be here tomorrow. We've got uh, Anthony Trees from PFF later on this week. And then we have all of the great offerings from the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian Peacock of Peacock and Williamson NFL Show is going to be here to break down the New Orleans Saints national outlook. Uh, Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football, he's going to be here to talk about the Saints fantasy outlook, everything from uh, how Jameis Winston is going to fare and why you might want to invest in him as well as his weapons and even the defense. We're going to break all that down. And Eric Crocker, Locked On NFL Draft, giving us his thought on the New Orleans Saints draft class and what they need to do to be considered a successful draft class sooner rather than later. So we got a ton coming out all throughout the week, but tomorrow it's all Amy Just.
I appreciate you as always for coming through for another episode of Locked on Saints and for making me your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked on NFL podcast where you can get all the news around the NFL in less than 30 minutes available wherever you are listening to this podcast right now or on YouTube if you're watching it. So I appreciate you so much as always making me a part of your day. I'll see you tomorrow. But for everything you need in between these episodes on your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.